0: Be the last one standing Two hands in the air I'm a champion You'll be looking up at me when it's over I live for the battle I'm a soldier
1: Yeah I'm a fighter like Rocky Put your flag on your back like Ali.
0: Yeah, I'm the greatest I'm stronger Fed my dues
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And welcome to our GWS Team Analysis Podcast.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Thank you for joining us. Um, Starting off, we'll start with our socials as usual. So we are facebook.com forward slash SE Insider. We are also on Twitter. So it's SE underscore Insider underscore. And Twitch, Chris?
0: Twitch.tv forward slash SE underscore Insider. And YouTube. And YouTube is uh, just search for us at Supercoach Insider. Wonderful. Yeah, pretty cool. So and we've got um, already six teams up on uh, all our major platforms. So the first six teams was uh, Adelaide, Brisbane, Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon, and Frio. Correct. Um, so if you want to check them out, they're all available on YouTube, or our major podcast platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, all those mumbo jumbo. Yes, on all on
1: of little. those. Pretty uh, cool. GWS, very interesting, very relevant yeah. uh, for their primos, uh, probably not so much for some of their rookies this year, however,
0: I actually star think, started. Surprisingly, they have one of the uh, uh, one of the better rookie selections, and I think there's uh, there is spots there available to play. So I'll be interested to see how they go. But um, yeah, it's not as uh, one sided as you might think with someone like GWS.
1: No, I, I do like Hill and a couple others, but um, yeah, I think there's still a lot of talent that hasn't quite got an opportunity
0: yet that might take it. So. That's also true. That's also true. Yes, we'll have a look. Well, look. Um, let's go through their year in review and let's dissect where they're at and where they're going to be this year. Um, Look, last year they sold the farm and they raised their salary cap and pretty much blew everything because they thought that it was going to be their year to win the premiership. And they literally got absolutely destroyed by key personnel injuries. So, if you have a look at it, Zach Williams went down early. Toby Green virtually missed the entire season. Josh Kelly was subpar the entire year with a groin injury. Rory Love was in and out with injury. Jamie Cameron got suspended and injured. John Patton was out for 10 games. DeLito only played nine games again. Um, and Tom Tom Scully had his foot issues that persisted. All oh, of those guys. And they made the eight. Josh. And they still made the eight. Um, and they won their first elimination final. Um, unfortunately, got absolutely spattered, splattered by... A, Hollywood, but you know whatever um so <laughs> to, no remorse uh, no no whatever whatever um they so look this year uh, you know, that there's a lot coming back but there's also people that they've lost because they blew their salary cup out of the water so um they've got the ninth hardest draw according to champion data and their double up games are against richmond obviously difficult hawthorne difficult sydney which is their derby of course Essendon who again moving towards that top 4 top 8 sort of uh, scenario and then of course they're still trying to pump up that rival with the Gold Coast so there's two easy wins there Yes. Um, they only have 4 6 day breaks and no 5 day breaks so again they're a bit a bit gifted that way um, they do have an incredibly hard start to the year so they play uh, Essendon and Eagles away, Richmond, Geelong away in the opening 4 rounds Ooh. so their first 4 are pretty hard and pretty tough um, so we'll see how we go They have the round 14 buy, so unfortunately they share that with uh, Adelaide, Gold Coast, North and Richmond. Um, So uh, that's the one that you don't really want in terms of upgrading potential to. Uh, But again, it it works well for rookies, especially that first round of upgrades. Let's say you trade someone in round 6, round 7 as a GWS rookie. They've got six games to go through before that buy, which is a good time to upgrade. So yeah, you can actually win out with them in terms of their rookies. Um, off season, so um, they obviously had some trades and recruits. Um, they brought in uh, and uh, Shane Mumford, of course. Yes, uh, probably on a dirt cheap wage, uh, considering his off season sh- shenanigans that we have highlighted in previous podcasts. Unfortunately, he's missing the first two rounds. I will go through Mumford in a little bit more detail, and they also got in Tommy Sheridan. I'm not sure if he'll impact them at all. No, probably not. Uh, um, more for a depth, depth player, I believe. Um, unfortunately, they lost quite a few important cogs. So Rory Lobb, who I think is important for their uh, ruck structure, um, Dylan Shield, uh, amazing talent, Tom Scully, running machine, and uh, Will Setterfield, who never really got a start at, uh, with all the midfielders down there at GWS. Um, so those are some pretty big outs. Um, for that reason, I can't really see them increasing their position. I think that if they, I think they will still make the eight, but I think they're going to be in that five to eight range. I don't can see them approaching top four with their tough draw. Um, and the loss of really key cogs. Uh, however, they did really recruit quite well. So we'll go through their rookies first. Um, their first pick was pick 11, Jai Caldwell, and uh, look, GWS rated Caldwell enough to say that they think they didn't think he would be available at pick 11. They thought he was gone well before that. Midfielder with explosive pace and his excitement machine at stoppages. Um, definitely went to watch at JLT, 184 centimeters, 74 kilos. Unfortunately, injuries limited him to just three games last year, so that's why he slid to 11th, but he was really high-rated at, at some stage in the top five. So someone who they want, will want to get games into. Um, he only managed one game from Vic uh, Metro, where he co-capt- co-captained the team with Sam Walsh. So that's the sort of level that they likened uh, Jai Caldwell with. It's about his body and getting that right first, and um, he can absolutely be a top-end midfielder forward in the future. Um, whether or not he gets uh, games this year will depend on how his preseason tracks, how his JLT is, and whether or not he gets a berth round one. He could one, be one to take the you know Dylan Shields mid minutes or someone like that. So yes. I think there's others in front of him, but, but he might hold, slot yeah, in some, somewhere hands. in there. Yeah, yep. Um, a big one as well. So pick fourteen. So they only a couple of picks later. Was Jackson Hatley, again? Big body midfielder um, who can play forward as well. Um, given his profile, I'm not sure he's really SC relevant in 2019, but he's likely behind Hopper. So I see Hopper as that big-body mid yep. that will probably take those minutes. I think he's behind him. So it will depend on, again, his pre-season form and how he goes, but he's 190 centimetres and 81 kegs. Uh, all Australian selection after a strong under-18s championship performance for South Australia, and he played senior footy last year at Central Districts. So he's played nice. Central Level Well, three. let's be fair, Hopper could have more injury issues anyway. So yeah, you exactly never know, right. even yeah. halfway through the year, and um, Haightley was really highly touted and, uh, again, one yes. that's surprised that they were able to pick up at pick 14. So, And Hopper could hip-hop and fall over. Yeah, right. Um, now, one that I really like is their next pick, Xavier Halloran. He's actually been in, in and out of my side as a starting selection because I think he might get mid-time. Um, so early, early game time, sorry. Uh, great size and speed. Uh, his all-round package, hard to pass up. Similar in style to Jordan degoey His AFL-ready body and great marking power, fantastic at stoppages. Has great leadership qualities, both captaining the Western Jets and Vic Country, the under-18 champs. 187 centimetres and 83 kilos, so he's AFL ready. Fifth in the yo-yo test the combine, 9 goals in 13 games. Average 18.8 disposals, including 13.9 kicks, so good ratio there. Um, average 4.7 tackles, 3.3 marks, and 5.5 clearances, as well as half of his um, disposals are contested. Nice. So, That's what you want everything like that screams Supercoach to me. Um, not sure if he will get game time ahead of uh, Jackson Hatley and, of course, um, Jai Caldwell, but I'm looking at him as someone that uh, could really score well in Supercoach if he gets game time, especially in JLT, we will be watching out for him. Um, Ian Hill. So he's the next one. Hill's another. Um, cousin, uh, cousin of Stephen and Brad Hill, of course, plays pretty much exactly like them. So outside player, really fast, um, high vertical leap, um, excitement machine, can play forward or along the wing. Um, his knock on him is, of course, he's um, 175 centimeters and 76 kilos. Uh, now, the Giants actually live traded to get him. So a lot of people don't know this, but uh, he was tra- they traded up four spots in the draft and they gave away a future fifth-round pick to get him. So I don't know if they had any inside information or as-, as to who was going to be the next selector over the next three picks, but they went and they traded away a future pick to get Ian Hill. Yep, So well, I guess
1: if you're getting um, rid of a scully, you might want some run.
0: Yeah, and again, so an outside runner. Um, look, he needs to hit the gym, definitely in his slight, and that's his knock on his game, but his type. I mean, the Hill brothers, he's only a couple of kilos lighter than Bradley Hill and Stephen Hill. Yep. It's it's not like he's real small. It's it, it's that type. It's the rangy, um, you know, quick, fast-paced outside ball winner. He doesn't really need to put on a lot of weight. So I see him as someone who could definitely play this year. Um, the last one that they had was, uh, oh, sorry, that's not the last one. Uh, Kieran Briggs is also an, an, another, sorry, warranted selection in um, in, dra- in draft, sorry, in standard this year. Uh, drafted as an academy product. So they actually got him, uh, I think, out of the Riverlands area um, for Western Sydney. They, GWS matched West Coast bid for the Ruckman, Importantly, um, important for the list build because he's a Ruckman and he was the best in the draft. So definitely the best Ruckman in the draft this year. They don't have a ruckman in the in their list. No. They have Shane Mumford, who they've just got in, Dawson. and Dawson Simpson, who's a backup ruckman. They just gave away Rory Lobb, so Kieran Briggs becomes a very important option for them in development option. Yep. So I think this year will be a, literally a year under learning under Mumford. That's literally it. And then next year he'll probably start round one as the main ruck. I don't know how many if he gets games this year, uh, but if he does, he might be one that you want to have as r three. So especially because round one and round two this year. Mumford's not playing. Mumford's not playing. So that's probably going to lend a Dawson Simpson if he's fit. But Kieran Briggs could come into calculations. 200 centimetres, 98 kilos, All-Australian ruckman from the uh, the National Champs. And um, do you know much about um, Connor Iden? No. I I don't know either. Right, fair enough. (laughs) Come on. That was good. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Come on, usually it's you with those bad jokes.
1: I know. I was picking the misses up from a hen's night last That's night. cool. Um, and we had technical difficulties, and I need more coffee or beer. Fine. Plus, I'm talking
0: a lot. I got a, yep. a lot of rookie information.
1: Oh no, and these ones
0: for yeah. sure. Um, so all of those guys are, 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 are relevant, definitely for this year. They could definitely play this year. I don't think about Connor Iden. I done. I think it's a list need for for them. He's a rounded defender who can play tall or small due to his athleticism. Unless um, there's a key back who can go forward and kick goals, but he's an odd height. He's 190 centimetres and 89 kilos. Um, 10 goals in 14 in fourteen games for John Falcons, but uh, which isn't bad as is a key defender that swings forward. Uh, it's unlikely to get da- games unless um, injury forces it, so it might not be SC relevant this year. And that rounds out the rookies. Woo! Hoo ha! All right, now hey, we can start talking about Josh Kelly, right?
1: Yes. <laughs> well, he did have end-of-season surgery on his troublesome hip.
0: Yep. Well, while um, we're doing that, let's uh, let's play the highlights here Ooh. Um, of that absolutely smashing game where he got a, a nice little 205 against Carlton. And I'm sure this is what uh, Carlton fans will be looking at saying, I want Josh Kelly next year, and I guarantee you they're going for him. There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be going for uh, Josh Kelly at the end of this season. So. Correct. And
1: if um, GWS don't look like they're going to win a premiership and might go backwards, he might uh, jump ship.
0: Yep. That's I reckon they're going to have even more salary cap issues next year. So Yeah, um, they're not going th- to be able to offer him more. No. Nah, no way. I don't reckon... I mean, teams that are going to make space for this sort of guy, he's that Sydney? good. Sydney apparently have the space. They have money. Have the space. They've that's got what the I mean. Money. They
1: have money. Imagine them. Andrew Ireland
0: came out this Ooh. week and said, yeah, they've got money to go after a big fish next year. Ooh. Yeah, well, could be. Jeez,
1: imagine that. Imagine Colin how Collingwood have money next year. Imagine how upset. Well, yeah, Collingwood have money every year. Yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, anyway. Also got that brown paper bag money, eh?
1: eh? <laughs> <laughs> um Seven scores of one hundred and twenty plus. Uh, still had five scores under a
0: hundred. Yeah, but which a is, lot of nineties in that. Yeah,
1: yeah. correct. Um, did average one hundred and nineteen point six in his last ten rounds. Yep. Uh, including one hundred and forty six, a one hundred and forty nine, a one hundred and thirty, a one hundred and thirty, and
0: the two hundred and five. Yeah, unreal. Huge. Um, the question is really going to be, can he play 20 games? And if so, what can he get to? Because he can be an uber premium, right? Could I reckon be. if he plays 113 in a year where he was literally hampered by injury the entire year. Yep. Now, he's in peak condition. They literally said that he's flying around the track right now. So, it's early. That's illegal, Chris. <laughs> it would be illegal, That's right? illegal.
1: He's in no that's, fly that's, zone. That's Shane Mumford kind of flying. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. He actually So last year he battled OP, so osteo- osteitis pubis, and had a groin injury the entire year. Um, and that just knocks you out. And what it means, generally speaking, is it, it impacts your running ability. Um, so he wasn't running very much in training and therefore and leaving it for the weekend, of course. And he would be in agony and then have to you know, um, rest and repair, rest and repair during the week, and then go back and try and do it the next week. And so that's why it was a week-to-week proposition as to whether he or not he even played last year. So, if he plays 22 games, you can't not have him. The question mark on is on his obviously durability. What do you think he can get to if he's a fully fit Josh Kelly playing 22 games? What can he average?
1: Well, he could easily average, like what McCray and stuff did,
0: 129? I think as well. I think he's that good that he could be an uber premium 120 plus. Yep. So, um, do you pick him? Do you pick Fife? Do you pick Oliver? Do you pick... McCray. McCray, well, for yep. 70 grand more though. But... He's 6'17. He's still, I reckon, he's undervalued at 6'17. I think you can um, quite easily lock in some decent stuff. The problem is, of course, their first rounds, as we said earlier, they're really, really difficult um, for start yeah. to the.
1: Well, he's not going to be getting the 200 probably yeah. in those first few rounds. Exactly so, right. yes, if you're getting him, you're getting him for the long haul.
0: Yeah, you've got to see him as I think he's going to be healthy for 22 games. So, that's the thing.
1: Yes. My man Callan Ward's next. Yeah. You're all you're all men. Uh well, I remember I spoke to how he averaged like 90 or 89 in the first half of last year and then went bang like 114, oh, yes. right? Yep. Well, basically he did the same sort of thing again. So, Callan Ward um first 9 rounds he averaged 93. Yep. And then his last 13 rounds averaged 112.7. Yep. So he had 11 scores of a 110. Ward. 11 scores of 110 plus, including a 131, a 156 and a 151. So he has a big ceiling as well uh great so it was a difficult start to the year yeah i wouldn't start him in standard but um in draft like i traded him there's got, two things
0: you can do yeah, with come
1: here's the funny part i traded uh jared Polek who was averaging 100
0: yep blake
1: acres blake acres yeah, yeah he was averaging yeah. 100 in and the, he got line. Injured the
0: week after didn't he yeah, yeah. he came
1: back uh, and then Pollock started averaging
0: horrible and I got Callum Ward, who was averaging not so great. Not, and not then bad. Went, not bad, sir. I <laughs> mean, you've done this before. What,
1: two 100 players? Went, went very good. But uh, yeah, love Callum Ward as Two a things player. you can
0: do with Callum Ward. You can either, A, start him in draft, because yes. I think his overall the year is going to be a good option. And hold him. Or B, in round 15, you bring him in as your last up, mid-upgrade. Yep. And he t- carries you through the back end of the season, gives you a 110 average over the back end.
1: Well, correct. So basically you're looking at the last couple of times, 112.7 in the last 13 rounds. And yep. the year before that, I think it was about 114 for the last sort of 13 rounds or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, big back end player.
0: Yeah. Huge. Now, the next person is probably one of the most highly talked about um, premiums of the year so far. Everyone wants to know what's happening with Lockie Whitfield. Yes. The great article came out today. Is it today that it came out? About with yeah, Whitfield. well, I was just checking
1: it out today. So, Lockie Whitfield, I was telling the guys. Yep. Uh, so basically, well, came out saying Kevin Sheedy was saying like, you know, some people are saying that Whitfield's going to go on the wing, and he's like, I'm not so sure about that because yep. you know, if you have two guys that can run and gun off the halfback flank, he said that's really damaging, and that's you know, that'd be a weapon for any coach to have. Yeah. Uh, and then it actually followed that up by saying Whitfield saying, uh, I really couldn't tell you where I'll play this year. But with Zach back fully fit, I think Leon wants to see how the two of us work together.
0: Which I think is great news. That's, ter- that's the worst worded paragraph I've ever heard because here's why. That means they're going to use the JLT to figure it out. So you're not actually going to get the information you need to be able to make a viable purchase decision from the JLT. Right. Well, he, That's annoying. Here, here's the be- here is the good news though, Chris. What's the good news?
1: He played most of the season with a damaged lateral meniscus Yep. He injured in with Essendon in round ten, so it got to the point. I think they lost four rounds in a row, um, and basically from that point, he's like, "Well, our season's on the line.
0: I don't." And they, have, they were I don't at wanna... a point there where they could fall off a cliff, yep. and they were losing every game. Yeah. And
1: he's like, "I don't. I don't want to miss four to six weeks yep. and Makes have sense. have surgery." So they just taped him up. Yeah. So he, so he was saying here. So for the rest of the year, he only really trained when he had to. Are
0: you watching this absolute smashing when? Is this the game where they uh, actually took two... Yeah, they rested two players on the, on the off the field and still managed to smash them? Yes. That was so funny.
1: Uh, so, <laughs> for the rest of the year, he only trained when he had to. Uh, so, he did a lot of swimming just to make sure he could play. So, basically, he didn't do much training. He just got out there and played and still made
0: All-Australian. But oh, he's doing laps. It's all he's Huge. Uh, look, so there's... Yeah, so if he's behind the ball, it's way, way, way better from a super coach perspective because he's... Uh, I, right now, he averages 99. You could see him averaging 105. Well, Maybe pushing a 110. Well, his last. If he doesn't 10 get rounds. that roll, I, I can't see him doing it. And well, here's the funny the part, right? His last 10
1: rounds, he averaged 111.1.
0: Yep. With the damaged meniscus.
1: Yep. So and that so that, so that that includes his two finals, right? Yeah, because so, he's
0: getting two, yep. two 130 pluses. In so power. 106,
1: 115, 97, 85, 113, 106, 105, 107, 141, 130, 80, 61, 135,
0: 133. Yep. Yeah. Huge. Not, not bad. Look, not I bad. think he's consistent. Um, I, I've said, and I'll say this repeatedly: that you should not move him out of his role. He's an all-Australian. Um, why? Why would you move him? Like, there's no reason to move him to a wing. You've got other people that can move yeah, to a wing, like Toronto, or you've got rookies that can do it. Yeah, you've got the best in his position. He's the best right now. If for the next five years, I am if the best. Pick a halfback. That <laughs> you know, I, I am the best. Um, if you're going to pick a halfback that is going to be damaging, can rack up the numbers, good defensively, and can use the ball exquisitely, he's, the, he's your guy, right? Yep. So I would prefer to see him behind the ball, in which case he comes into calculations for me. Yep. But if he's not that, if he plays on a wing, I'm not Yeah, then he's like maybe a 97 average or 95. He's still score well and yep. he'll great in draft because regardless, yes. draft's good. Draft's good. But he's not going to take that next step. Now, the other thing, of course, is... Um, he probably won't get as much of an advantage from kickouts as others. So yes, he takes kickouts, but he doesn't take the. He's not the number one kickout um, person. That is Heath Shaw. So Heath Shaw will play again this year. He's 33. I'm pretty confident that he'll play. He took the most kickouts this year uh, at 84, and still missed the last two games of the season. So he's probably up around that sort of 95 mark, which puts him around the fourth or fifth highest in the comp. Whitfield had around 54 over the year, including those last two rounds where he did actually um, do the kickouts. One thing I want to know, and I actually tweeted um, Fantasy Freak about this last night, but I haven't got any um, information back, is who took the kickouts when um, Williams was playing? So Zach Williams came back in the, in the finals. I don't have any stats on who took the kickouts those two games, but I'd like to see if it's Zach Williams or Lockie Whitfield. That'd be an interesting... Yeah,
1: right. Just, just, to, just, just to, to see. Okay, fight. so
0: what's going to happen this year? It'd be interesting. Now, the one thing as well works in his favor or doesn't depending on how you look at it is that Whitfield was the number one target from kick-ins. So, Shaw would kick the ball to Whitfield, 20 meters out or in the pocket or whatever, and then he'd do the long kick, right? Now, again, what are they doing this year? Well, is now it you Zach can, Williams now from you can
1: bypass him?
0: Is it Zach Williams from 20 meters out all the way to the wing because he's the one with the penetrating kick, right? So, it's Zach Williams doing that, bypassing Whitfield and then taking points out away from his game. How is how is that work so again there's there is a couple of question marks there i i still love look can as a pick and i think is it going to be a great pick is i think is but whether it is a value pick determines is determined by his role so we'll I'll wait and see on that one i'm for the same price or for a little bit extra i'm probably going to go sicily i just think it's if he, if if they play the same amount of games sicily definitely 100 percent averages more in my opinion
1: Sicily out averages
0: I reckon we can take a bet on that if you want
1: Lucky Whitfield I'm
0: taking Sicily to out average Lucky Whitfield 100% Oh that's a good one Do you want one? Possibly you want, a, you want a piece of that? I want to think about it first Oh he's going to think it's about close. it Oh I like these bets it's Get it close. Get on the bat train If you want to bet with us Hit us up We love a carton
1: It's It would be close Chris Yeah I'm Not uh, sure what I would bet for it But uh, definitely wouldn't be the
0: Petrarca uh, bet It's close enough to be like Yeah Like mm. we could totally Like it could go either way It probably could go either way Probably could Now, uh, last premium that I want to talk about is, of course, Stephen Caniglio, who actually went into premium status last year, averaging 108 over the season. Yes. um, Scored 12 tons during the year and uh, two in the finals as well. Seven of those tons were 120 plus uh, with two 150 scores and only one sub score, a score sub 82, which is just that just bleeds consistency in my opinion. He'll be incredibly unique. There's not many people that are going to run Stephen Coniglio because I think that he's probably almost capped at what his potential is. Yeah. I think he's around a 110 average cap. Yes. I don't think he's going to be real more than that. And it's because of the kicking. His kicking is not that great. Do you know his average with and without Kelly? Oh, I love... No.
1: Tell me this. Oh, so... I like a unique... Without Kelly, he averaged 96.3. When When Kelly was playing, he averaged 113.2.
0: So I like that. Now what I would like to see is the, the the correlation between that and wins and losses. So the Whitfield is the same. Whitfield averages more with Kelly in the team as well. So is it just because Kelly's so good that they win games and therefore they're in winning sides that's why? Or is it because Kelly actually impacts him? Yeah. I'm um, I don't know. Maybe she's just positively
1: influences. It. Well,
0: that's how good Kelly is. He's yeah. a match winner. That like if you're gonna throw one point two million dollars at anyone next year it's gotta be Josh Kelly. Yep. Oh god damn it. <laughs> um, I just I just get excited when I talk about Josh Kelly, and this is why like it's so hard to not have him. Like I don't have him in my team right now, but it's only because I can't fit him in with the structure that I'm rolling. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's get into some mid prices. There's quite a few. Um, most of them are draft relevant, um, with some uh, relevancy and standard. First one is Harry Himmelberg, three eighty four k forward, average eighty seven point eight over the last thirteen games. Of the season, including a fifty-five in the semi-final loss.
1: Yep. Nickname so, Harry Highpants.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now he only averaged seventy for the year, so massive draft smoky. He'll be available late in draft. Yeah. I don't know if I have him on my list. Yeah. Oh, he must be actually averaging seventy. Yeah. the The issue is, um, of course, he averaged that while uh, Jeremy Cameron was suspended and John Patton was injured, so he was one of the main targets up forward. Yeah, so don't have him. His role will be dependent on whether or not he can get that. Whether or not he even plays round one if they're both fit is another question. But Definitely a breakout candidate. 87.8 over the last 13, I think, is, is nice for a forward. And especially in a year where there's really not... You're writing it down. No. <laughs> you, if you pick him up, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be angry, eh? Um, I told you last night, I said there's people that aren't on your list that you should be looking at, like Harry Himmelberg. You're right. Anyway, um, th- so I think you'll pick him up late in the year. I'm writing down the stats as well. The problem is at the forward line this year, there's not really many mid-prices that are decent selections. But so there really isn't. There's like um, Toby Green, who's obviously injured, and, and that's one of my next ones. So you know you can look at someone like a Toby Green, um, who's 354K. Where is he here? 354K. And everyone knows he's an elite scorer, and he can score really well. He's averaged 90, 96, being at, as a forward, and over 100 when he was playing midfield. Um, but it's what is his body life He's still not training. He's not even training. So uh, no, he, he was yeah he was running not, on, not even not training no, no, not he, running. he
1: was running he was running he was um on the the machine that takes some of your weight off and that sort of stuff before
0: Christmas so he was oh, running yeah. a couple of times but um, yeah but no yeah, he's
1: he's not back to full training running so he's not on the park with yeah, all the he didn't, boys he didn't participate yeah.
0: in the two k time trial
1: no no he wouldn't because that's yeah. full speed yeah and he's not running full speed so
0: so yeah in the forward line there's not really many in that sort of three to four hundred thousand price bracket as you would pick as a breakout so. That's why he comes into consideration in standard. I I I wouldn't pick him unless there was an injury to Patton or Jeremy Cameron in the preseason. But as in draft, I'm someone that I can look at real late on the bench. Yep, get in there. So especially for a late lead, like an 18-man league. At 354k for
1: Toby Green, he doesn't have to be super fit to score well. Like if he starts round one, I'd be tempted.
0: I don't want I to because he hasn't go...
1: trained, but Green can impact as a small forward before getting his match fitness yeah. up to then push up the ground. So
0: I think Green goes early in draft. I think people pick him up, say, at F3. Ooh. I think people pick him up that early. F4 would be better. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd love him yeah. at F4, but I don't reckon we're going to get him there. Yeah, right. Um, Zach Williams. I think he's probably the best um, uh, mid-pricer of the year. I think yep. he's got real value. Um, highly underpriced due to missing the entire season in 2018. Zach Williams came back to play in the elimination final. First game back, 117, whatever. 23 disposals, 20 kicks and 9 marks. Um, he came back the following week and, and hit a 77 in a loss, of course, when uh, Colin would smash him.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but he's an elite ball user, someone that they want in the ball in the hands of. And after going 88 and 93 in 2016 and t- in 2017, I can only see him going up. Um, predicting a 95 average, especially if he gets kickouts. Yeah. I'm um, still waiting on those stats. In a
1: 400k bargain.
0: If he's, if he's their main kickout taker, 95's undervaluing him even. Yeah. Uh, he could go 100 plus. Well, if,
1: he, if he's bypassing people with a long kick, then it's definitely possible. Well, you
0: get rebound 50, um, yep. effective disposal, meters gained. Yep. Like it could be four, four the, points the, per possession. And also the
1: long kick has also um, got Heater written all over it as well. But yeah. the
0: problem with. Just kind of run well, The problem with
1: Heater good. is though is that, say, a Zach Smith will be able to. Uh, Zach Williams, sorry, will be able to probably get more meters before he kicks. Whereas Heater will probably take two.
0: Zach Williams is more of a penetrating like bullet. That's what I mean. No, but he'll be able to run further than yeah. Heater to kick it. Heater's the sort of sky kick. Like he's got two kicks. He's got his pinpoint 20 meter kick
1: yep. and his sky his, kick 50 his, meters. Yeah, 50 meters. Yeah. To a contest.
0: Um, And here's my next one. So I've put him really as a mid-pricer. I don't think he's going to be uh, relevant as a premium this year, but he is a 492K defender. Um, Yes. He did end the averaging 90 in a year of ups and downs. Got injured in round 21, ending a season early with a, um, I think he had a patella issue uh, with his knee. But he's up back on track, he's in full training, you know, he ran the 2k time trial.
1: Yes, So, but he did only start running again in November, and he was on a modified before Christmas, yeah. so it's only now that he's actually back yeah. in full training, Pretty but much. at least he's back
0: at training. So. Yeah. Um, he's 33, so I think he still will get um, uh, played most of the year, I think next year is going to be the year where he starts to play less games, um, depending on how much Kate Simpson Tiger Blood has got in him, um, and he did lead the club with uh, kickouts with 84, so that could mean an uptick in his um, in his scoring, but I think it's more likely if he was going to go down to eighty five, then he probably stays at ninety. So I don't think there's really much value in the pick, especially from a standard relevancy point of view, but draft value I think that he's got there, but depends on, who gets picked. I mean, sure, someone that perennially gets picked pretty early in drafts. So. Yeah, I think
1: he'll get picked more around the mark, though, this year, yeah. based on... Yeah, you know, he was overhyped, mainly by me, last year. But, yep. uh, yeah, it didn't do too bad. We did say he probably wouldn't average lower than a 90, and we kind
0: of got that just on. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Nick Haynes, late draft selection, average 75 in the piece, but I had a PB this year in the elimination final with 139, which wasn't included in his average. Huge. So, a little bit of value there. He had four tons this year, three scores in the 90s. Makes him a decent backup option or, or, or you know maybe a D5 or a bench option um, that you can look at. I don't mind Nick Haynes as an option, and he will guarantee to be starting. Problem is that he's generally their second tall. So Phil Davis and uh, Nick Haynes are going to be your one and two. Um, so he gets his points from peeling off and intercepting the ball. And he's also a fairly good user, though. So they do um, get the ball in yep. his hands, which is good. Jeremy Cameron, 441K forward. Look- um,
1: Jeremy high elbow, Cameron. Yeah,
0: still mud hurt. <laughs> so so worth it. Um, I, he got worse. He's not getting better. And I think with GWS getting bit worse, I don't, I can't see him increasing his average. He's down to 81 now. He's nowhere near the player that he was when he was averaging in the mid 90s. Um, I don't know if that's team related, structure related, or the fact that the league's now. What he was doing when he was doing that was he would be one out in the goal square. I reckon, have the whole fifty-two himself. Oh
1: know, I reckon Cameron could out uh, out average Dixon this year.
0: <laughs> well, is that one you want to take? Because Dixon's actually, I've watched a couple of press conferences with Dixon, and Dixon looks alright. Looks like he's going to be a stay-at-home full forward this year now with the ruck inclusions. Oh yeah. And he's like it's good. I'm not going to have to run around and get injured all day. So he's looking forward to playing in the goal square.
1: All right, and get three goals a game at sixty points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: no. You've got to remember, he's got to take like seven contested marks a game, and then spray it yeah. <laughs> for three goals. um Now, yeah, Toronto is someone that I I don't know what to do with at this stage. Oh, so, I like Taranto. I like Toronto as well, but he lo- loosed, lost his forward status, and he's still four in what eighty-one k. If he maintained his forward status, he would definitely be on a lot of people's radars for standard and definitely draft. But average eighty-eight. Um, he could definitely be one that benefits. He was actually pushed behind the ball towards the back end of the year um, when they had a, little, a few injury concerns. So he goes forward you know, with the exclusions of Scully and, and Shield. Um, I don't know what he does, but he had seven tons for the year, 590-plus scores.
1: Yeah, you know? so he averaged ninety six point six of the last not, uh, last seven games, yep. and averaged ninety four point six the first six. So he kind of lost a his bit way of in love. the middle. Yeah, yep.
0: and that's when he moved behind the ball. So I think that if he was around the ball um, in midfield, mo- yep. pushing forward,
1: I think he could actually get a lot more run on the wing.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe some maybe some extra midfield
1: rotations, but I'd rather a hopper or some of these new young big
0: bodies in there. My preference is you play Taranto on a wing and you play what yep. we feel behind the ball. Yeah, and a sure. Delidio
1: will play the fiddle on the sideline because he won't be on the wing. The,
0: <laughs> just avoid Delidio. Whatever you do this year, Delidio. Is that your avoid? It is on my avoid list. Yeah, that's fair. Um, we spoke a little bit about Jacob Hopper. I think he's obviously going to be one to really get some more inside minutes this year. No, nah,
1: Hopper's my breakout for the year. He's my Clayton Oliver 2.0.
0: Yeah, people, oh, I said people predicting a breakout. I don't know. He's got a long way to go because his numbers don't stack for a breakout. Um, breakout. He, he will definitely get more mid-minutes, but he only had two tons this year. Um, uh, last season he had eight, uh, five scores. Sorry, uh, half of his scores last year were under eighty. With five of them under sixty-three. Give him time. Well, I mean, break out. That's why it's going to be a one door. It's going to yeah. be a for I'll me. He's keep my bro- it eyeing, But I'm not starting him. him in draft.
1: I wouldn't do it in standard because of his body. I'd, I'm going in draft. Yeah, he's my boy. Breakout. The next Clayton Oliver. He'll average a hundred.
0: Now, the last mid, uh, mid price that we just need to touch on quickly, I Write know it. this has been a long pod because, again, they've got a lot of yep. relevancy. Write that down. Um, Shane Mumford, 320k ruck, of course, so super cheap. He's only 33. Like, and it's, it's, it's turning 33 later this year. He's, he's young. So he's not old at all. He, he, for a ruckman, he's definitely got some uh, legs left. And he, he had a lot of niggles, so one of the reasons why he retired is that his body just wasn't coping. He had niggles all throughout the year, and he was playing through pain every week. He had a year off. Yep. Come back fresh as a fiddle. Misses another two games. A little bit of an early season break yeah. from some shenanigans. No wonder who feels fresh as... Fresh as a daisy. Yeah, right?
1: Yeah, nothing, nothing heals pain like a <laughs> bit of codeine. Sure. <laughs>
0: um, I think he's still got something to give. Uh, look, has averaged 90-plus since 2010. Um, three years of 100 plus, and two years, 112 and 114. Ooh. Yep. Definitely one that you can see. And the
1: new Ruck Rules will be outbodying yeah. everyone. Just
0: said so with his, the, the size of that guy's chest, he's, he's a massive man-mountain. Like, he could 100% body people, take more possessions, to get more clearances. Yep. And the you get a lot of points as well for that first possession clearance. Imagine so, him
1: versus Steph. Just oh, chest pump. Looking
0: forward to that. Chest pump. Just get in there.
1: Looks <laughs> <laughs> um, like a bird almost.
0: I think he's someone that you could absolutely lock in as, a, as an R2 if you had a capable R3. So you'd have to have a Naismith or a Longer or a Zach Clark. Now, right now, I'm running Cruiser and Zach Clark, but for the same price, I can run um, Mumford and Naismith or Mumford and Longer. Yeah. So uh, is that a better option? It could well be. I'm seriously thinking about switching out um, Cruiser for a uh, for a Mumford, and it will definitely depend on JLT. Whoever scores better in the JLT he's going to get my vote. That's literally how it's going to go. Yeah, right. But those are the two value considerations. I think Mumford is a real, real good option. So, one to uh, to, to, to take an eye on. Um, now, avoid Adam Kennedy. Yes. Um, so, he came back. So, his stats are deceiving. Came back after a long injury layoff, um, and he averaged 87 of the last seven games, which is a bit of a flash in the pan. Unfortunately, he posted a 42 and a 74 in the finals, making him a nine-game average of 81. So, if you're looking at him as a standard breakout, I wouldn't be doing it. His role is going to be taken up and absorbed by other players. He's not going to get that uh, as he wins.
1: <laughs> I'm just laughing at Brett DeLidio's Brett De comments.
0: <laughs> held together by Klingrap. Rap. <laughs> Brett Delio just avoided all costs. Uh, but yeah, I think the Giants could definitely make the eight. If not, they're going to be close to it. So um, that pretty much rounds up. wraps
1: us up. All right? Yeah. Thank you very much for bearing with us. Um, GWS. No matter what sort of format, they are definitely relevant and um, yeah. can't lots wait to rookies, see. Lots of rookies,
0: lots of mid prices, lots of premiums. Oh, oh it's all there. And, the, and
1: they're flooded with mid prices because, you know, people finally get the opportunities a bit later. And that's yeah. that's even the, the better part of it. So exactly right. really keen to see what's going on. Uh, thank you for bearing with us and uh, we'll continue on as we do. Thanks
0: guys. Catch you soon. Peace. Bye. I am invincible, unbreakable